Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 039. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, many Christians would say they want to be led by God. Just as many would probably say it's not the easiest thing in the world, as God's leading isn't always written on the wall in bold font. But this week, we're going to begin a new series exploring this very topic and the many ways God chooses to lead us. It's an exciting study off Mark Batterson's book, Whisper. Check it out. You ever work on a project and you realize a couple of steps in that you made a mistake at the very beginning? Anybody who's ever had a math class or a science class may know this well. Because when you start getting into multiple step problems, I used to do this all the time in my science classes. You get three or four steps in and you're working and you're, you're on steps like M, N, O, P, but you realize... You made a mistake at point A, and everything after that totally messed up. You ever try to drive somewhere new? Before the days of, when legal, make a U-turn, and you're looking for a particular street, and you just keep driving and driving, you think, I must have reached it by now, except back two turns ago, you went the wrong way. Like if I were coming out of our house, and you know we live right by Lincoln, and I'm trying to find Hydesville, but I turn into town, well, I'm going to go a long way before I get to Hydesville. It helps us to realize just how valuable clarity can be. Turn right in 100 feet. That's clear. Even I can follow that. God, what do you want? Not always quite so clear. But over these next couple of weeks, as we break into this new series called Whisper, which is based around Mark Batterson's book of the same title. We're going to see if we can change that a little bit to offer at least a bigger toolbox, if you will, to hearing God, to hearing how God leads us, what God has to say to us. Because God speaks in many different ways. And when we're aware of that, we know kind of what to do with it. It can help make God's voice a little bit clearer to us. And not so ethereal or abstract. Let's pray together. God, as we dive into this study, help us to have a spirit that wants to hear you. What you're giving us in that moment, in that instant when we really need it. So help us to count on that and to lean into that. Amen. I realize that there could be a couple different camps around about hearing that we're going to look into the subject. That the idea of, for some people, the idea of hearing God's voice, of understanding what God wants, for some people, yeah, okay, I want some of that. Help me to to have some clarity about this. For some, whether here or friends of yours that maybe may listen to this on the internet or what, it may be, okay, great, what does hearing God have to do with me? How is that going to help me out? It's an honest question that people can ask. So here's kind of a high-level answer that I might give. And I'm not going to dive into these incredibly deep, but if you want to know that the way things are working out are not just that there is someone in control, something in control besides fate, but how the world works out, it helps to be able to recognize God's voice. If you want to have the comfort, the reassurance, that solving every one of your problems is not built entirely 100% on your own ability, but that there is a God, however you may think of it, wherever you are, that is able to help, 
it helps to be able to recognize God's voice. If you want the promise, the understanding that this world, chaotic as it is, is not all that there is, it helps to understand, to recognize God's voice. Because God speaks, as I said, in different ways. He has a myriad of tools that he can use to lead us. So we'll dive into that. Let's start off with a little conversation, if you will, between God and Elijah. Out of 1 Kings. This is 1 Kings 19, verses 9 through 13. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. And the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He had just kind of escaped off into the mountain after, um, after his army had won a big battle. And Elijah said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophet, prophets by the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke the pieces of the rock before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. It would be so much easier if God had been in the earthquake, the wind, the fire. If God would always speak in his outside voice, it would be so much clearer. I mean, I'm sure those things got Elijah's attention big time, as it probably would for us. I mean, you think about how many people have been glued to news reports about Hurricane Matthew and all the disasters that have gone on over these last couple of weeks and months. At least we know there is something we have in common with people from biblical times. It would be so much clearer, so much easier. But God doesn't do that all the time. Now, to be sure, God has an outside voice. And God can use it. And there are multiple parts of scripture where we see God using his outside voice. And it gets attention. But oftentimes, God chooses to speak in a whisper. In a voice barely above the threshold of hearing. Why? Why, God? Why can't you just be clear? Speak in the outside voice. It would be so much easier. Just tell us what you want. It would be easier. So why does God do it? Why does God speak in a whisper sometimes? The earthquake would be easier. The fire would be easier. Maybe even an occasional fiery bush. You know, those would be, it would be refreshing to have those clear signs, as freaky as they might be. But think about what it takes when somebody whispers. You have to lean in. You have to pay attention. You have to get close. Why does God speak in a whisper? Because sometimes it's not about what do we need to know from God, but who do we need to know. Think about it this way. If you're going to whisper to somebody, who do you often whisper to? 
might be your spouse, your child, a close friend. Somebody whom you don't mind the fact that they have to get really close to be able to hear. Paying attention, listening, getting close. These sound like the kind of things God would want from his children. And so he chooses to speak in a whisper. Now, make no mistake about it. There is power in a whisper. One writer says that it is the hushed voice that overwhelms and enchains Elijah. Grips his attention like the earthquake can't. Like the fire can't. Like the wind can't. One of the best music teachers that I ever learned, got the chance to learn anything from, wasn't in person, unfortunately. But he was talking about how to get people to pay attention to your music. He said, if you want people to lean in, to pay attention, you play soft. You play your instrument like a whisper. One of the most intense songs I have ever heard. One where for seven minutes I almost don't want to take a breath because it's so powerful. I have to dial up the volume because it's played so quietly. And yet in that whisper of music, there is power, there is strength, there is intensity. When I was These are a bunch of rapid-fire examples, but the first time that I was a chaplain at Camp Fowler, it's a different experience, as much youth ministry experience as I might have, to walk into a chapel that is a bit boomy, a bit echoey, and think, how am I going to get a hundred kids who have been running around all day to quiet down so I can actually have anything to say? My first thought was, I am going to have to scream at the top of my lungs, and then I'm going to have no voice to be able to share anything with them afterwards. But the secret I learned, I think I actually, Rachel probably could have taught me this if I had asked, but it worked, it's something that could work out of a kindergarten class. If you can hear my voice, clap once. If you can hear my voice, clap twice. And in that whisper, I could quiet the whole room. There is power, even in a whisper. Power in speaking more with breath than with your vocal cords. It's kind of the definition of a whisper, speaking without engaging your vocal cords. I mean, aren't we all created out of that? God breathed into dust and named it Adam. There is power in a whisper. Now, at the same time, hearing a whisper... Making sense out of a whisper takes focus. As Oswald Chambers says in his commentary on this idea, he said, The voice of the Spirit is so gentle that unless you are living in perfect communion with God, you never hear it. We have to focus on it. We have to pay attention to it. Because it's not as easy as hearing my voice over a microphone or hearing somebody speak using their vocal cords. It's not as easy to hear the whisper, the sheer silence, as another translation puts it, the still small voice, as the King James puts it. It's harder to hear that stuff than to hear the earthquake, or the fire, or the hurricane. I want to try a little experiment here. Because we're in a relatively calm environment, can anybody hear the sound of your heartbeat right now? might be a bit tricky. Even in trying, you might hear the hum of the lights. 
You might hear people shift in their seat. You might even hear pens rattling on paper. It becomes hard to hear something like your heartbeat. You hear my voice. Well, there are places in the world, laboratories, universities, that have this place, I don't really know what to, quite what to call it, this lab, if you will. Looks like you're in, on a science fiction spaceship. So if you like Star Trek, you're going to love this. But it's called anoechic chamber. It means no echo. An echo ick. That's how you say it. Okay. There is no ambient sound from the outside. It is all hyper isolated. These wedges are like six feet long. There is no echo in there. I mean, they, I've seen recordings of people who pop a balloon in one of these chambers. And I almost decided I was going to bring one to make sure everybody stayed awake for this message, but I decided I was going to pass on it. You know what a pop balloon sounds like in one of these? Pop. Literally. And when you are in that much silence, all that you hear is your body. And sure, here and now, we could pull out a stethoscope and you might be able to hear your heart beating. So you know what makes a sound. You might be able to hear your lungs breathing, air moving in and out. You know what it happens. You know what makes a sound. Just because you can't hear it here and now doesn't mean it doesn't exist. In a room like this, without instruments, you start to be able to hear your heart beating. You start to be able to hear blood flowing. And it almost messes with people. My point of getting into this whole science fiction discussion is to ask this question. Is God the loudest voice in your life? I said when you're in that anoechic chamber, you can hear your heartbeat. Where even in a room this calm, this relatively quiet, it is difficult. There are so many things that can try to distract us from hearing what's important. From hearing God, who we can make the analogy speaks about as loud as our heartbeat sometimes. And so sometimes it becomes difficult to focus on that. But it ends up being what we've got to do. Sometimes, literally by removing the distractions, shutting off the TV for a little while, putting away the paper, signing out of Facebook getting rid of some of those distractions. And sometimes we focus by, or we eliminate the distractions, if you will, by focusing, even hyper-focusing on God. Because what it will do, even biologically speaking, is it'll sort of trick our proverbial ears into saying, the voice of God, what God has to say, that's pretty important. So I'm going to pay attention to it. And it starts to kind of muffle some of the other things that are around, some of that ambient sound. Just like if you are listening to somebody in, in a loud environment and, and they whisper or even they kind of talk normally, but if you are like crazy focused on what they're saying, some of the ambient sound, some of the outside noise starts, in theory, to become muffled or muted so you can concentrate, so you can hear what you're trying to hear. So this week, I'm going to challenge you to pray a brave prayer, almost crazy brave. And it comes out of First Samuel. It's seven words that can change the world. And it's said by a teenage boy. It's these words at verse 9. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now maybe this is kind of a ramp up to the next steps that I gave you 
two weeks ago. I said, pray, God, what would you want? What's your will for this situation? I forget exactly how I had worded it. It takes it to the next level because there we're trying, we're kind of, okay, God, give me a word sort of in this vein, in this arena. Here, as Samuel says it, when he's a child, it's open season for God. And that's why it's really one of the bravest prayers we can pray. Because we say, God, speak. Your servant's listening. No limitations, no parameters. God can tell us anything. We don't know how God's going to answer this prayer. That's why it's a bit scary, why it can get us a bit squirmy to pray it. Samuel didn't know how God was going to answer this prayer. But the good thing is, the thing we can sort of settle ourselves in, is that when we pray this, I mean, pray this over the length of the series, because we'll sort of learn more ways on how to hear the answer to this prayer. The thing we can hang on to is the fact that the God who spoke to Samuel, the God who spoke to Elijah, the God who speaks to us, is a loving, merciful, gracious God. A God who speaks in a whisper because he wants us to be close to him. Because he wants us to lean in, to pay attention, to focus on him. And while the answer may be wild, how God chooses to answer this prayer, may send you into some places you never would have thought you'd be going. Oh, I know a little bit about how that can work. It got, God's whisper what got me into seminary. And wow, has it been a wild ride since then. But you know, wild as the ride may be, as the answer may be, it will be good. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. On next week's episode, yes, sometimes God speaks in a whisper, and we have to get really close to hear him. But God doesn't just leave us to turn up our hearing aids and hope for the best. God does still speak through the Bible today. Next week, we'll dive into this key of keys. Listen then on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.